0: Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode number 105. Welcome back, Adamantimaniacs. I am your host, Adam R. Harrison. I hope you all had a beautiful holiday and a happy new year. And uh, it was definitely a strange holidays. uh, I've never spent Christmas with any less than like 40 people. And so obviously that was not possible this year. It was actually just me and my mom and my dog. And uh, it it was beautiful in a different way. But it definitely did feel odd for a good portion of the day. But here we are in 2021 and things are developing and things are progressing. Let's start it off in a bright and positive way. And with that, I want to thank you for tuning in today to our season premiere episode of season number four. Before we get started, I owe our regular listeners a little bit of an explanation. As season three did end a little abruptly and maybe a little unceremoniously, as you are well aware, 2020 was a slightly complicated year for most of us. For me, no exception, especially doing a podcast that was based around in-person interviews. And we did do a series of, I called them the stay-home episodes, that were done virtually. And then as the numbers were pretty low here in Toronto over the summer, we were able to do some physically distanced interviews which I loved and so we focused on local talent for a few months and so the last one we did was posted in November and I was hoping to do one or two more like that but then the numbers started to creep up again and actually got quite bad and so I wasn't able to conclude the season the way I normally would or the way I like to so I decided to redirect my focus into season four and what's to come I'll I'll be completely honest with you guys, when COVID hit and we started to realize it wasn't going away anytime soon, I did get a little disgruntled thinking, you know, this is ruining my podcast because uh, it was designed to be done in person, because I do believe that is uh, the best interviews are in-person interviews, and I didn't really want to do things virtually at first, but eventually I did come to the realization, I decided to get over myself (laughs) And I came to the realization that, look, this is still not going away anytime soon. And, you know, more important people have had to make these exact same sacrifices. So there's no reason that I shouldn't be able to. And also, you know, I like to be optimistic whenever I can. And I decided to look at the virtual space as maybe an opportunity. You know, maybe this will open up the door to interviews that we wouldn't have had the chance to do in person. And so we'll do that for now. And then when things you know go back to a little bit of normality knock wood we'll get back to the way the podcast was originally designed and besides the adamantium podcast actually had an excellent year in 2020 despite the difficulties we were featured on apple's new and noteworthy and at one point we actually hit number one that's right the number one spot in canada in the music category which still Blows my mind for a podcast I decided to do one day. It's done on a single condenser microphone that I carry around in a backpack and I record these intros in my closet. And so that should prove to anybody that... If you want to start a podcast or if you want to do anything you want to do, if you say your mind to it, you most, it sounds cheesy and been said a thousand times, but if you work hard and you really want, if you're passionate about it, you really can do it and good things will happen. And I really owe you guys a debt of gratitude for tuning in and listening, whether you've listened to one episode or 104 of them. Also a huge thank you to the artists that have contributed to the podcast, to the PR representatives, the management staff the people I work with to secure these interviews this podcast wouldn't be possible without them as well so a huge thank you to you guys as well you know who you are and so the journey continues I'm gonna dub this next collection of episodes the virtual series and where I was a little nervous I wouldn't be able to connect with guests uh, in a virtual setting our next guest completely debunks The first guest on season four of the Adamantium podcast is Justin Furstenfeld, lead singer and songwriter for the band Blue October. And man, is he a character and just fun to be around. In fact, I often forgot that he wasn't actually in the room. And Justin just made this interview so much fun. Blue October released their 10th studio album in October of 2020. It's called This Is What I Live For. And if you like Blue October, you will love this album. This interview couldn't have come at a better time. I don't know if you guys uh, are like me in that sometimes I go through like artist binges where I kind of just listen to a lot of them for a few weeks or a few months. And around end of summer, beginning of fall, I was on a Blue October binge. So this this the album for one came at a perfect time and then the interview right after. And actually since we spoke, cause we, we did this interview in December, just before the holidays, Blue October actually released another single on Christmas Eve. It's called The Girl Who Stole My Heart. And normally with most bands, I'm all about the more upbeat kind of energetic songs, but with Blue October, it's something about their soft, emotional, ballad-like songs that stick with me the most. And this song, The Girl Who Stole My Heart, uh, is one of those songs. After a couple listens, it really, really stuck with me. And the conundrum I'm having with it right now is that the song is, is more of a love song But it does take place at Christmas. (laughs) And so it's one of these songs, it's on my playlist right now, and I'm like, can I keep this on my playlist? Or is this only a song I can listen to at Christmas time? Because you can't listen to Silent Night in June, you know? So let me know what you think. Is The Girl That Stole My Heart, is it strictly a Christmas song? Or can I listen to it year-round? And just like previous seasons, we're going to do the Adamantium Recommend segment. And for new listeners, basically what that is, is if you are not so familiar uh, with the band in the featured episode, then I give a recommendation of five songs that you could check out before or after the interview. And that collection of songs can be greatest hits or just some songs that I've been really into or maybe a song that I think is kind of underrated by that band. And so here are five songs by Blue October that I recommend. So I usually like to start with something new. So off their new album, This Is What I Live For, I'm going to recommend that first single, which was Oh My My. Then going back to their previous album from 2018, the album's called I Hope You're Happy. I'm going to recommend the song I Hope You're Happy. Which is actually the song that got me into Blue October, came up on a playlist one day, and I loved it, so uh, it got me to go back and listen through their discography. And then, as I was saying before, I quite enjoy Blue October's more moody songs, so I've picked a couple of these. So the first one uh, and the third recommendation is off the album Sway from 2013, and it's the song Sway. And then sticking to the same theme from their 2011 album, Any Man in America, I recommend the song The Worry List. And then, of course, Any Blue October List wouldn't be complete without the song Hate Me from their 2006 album Foiled. Probably the first song 90% of us heard by Blue October and still a gem. One of those timeless gems. Alrighty. before we get into today's episode, if this is your first time listening to the Adamantium podcast, first of all, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Where have you been for the last three years? Just kidding, just kidding. But I would love for you to hit that subscribe button, and one day I may come and personally thank you for it when it is safe to do so. And, of course, you can find us on social media. We're on Instagram at The Adamantium, on Facebook at The Adamantium Podcast, and we're on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. And just one more quick note before we jump into this podcast. There was someone in the room with Justin while he was doing the interview. So you'll hear him occasionally do like a side joke to his friend Eric. And it's a little hard to tell if you can't see. So just to clarify, he's not calling me Eric. There is someone else there. (laughs) All right. So without any further ado, let's kick off this season. Here is episode 105 with Justin Furstenfeld from Blue October. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Have an awesome week, and we will see you very, very soon.
1: Hey, Adam, how you doing, buddy? How you doing, man? Awesome. I'm doing good, man. Thanks for so much for taking the time out to uh, want to chat with me, bro.
0: No, thank, thank you for taking your, your time out of your day. My dog's coming to see what the noise is. So. Hey,
1: what's your dog's name? My name's Kona. 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 Who's that? Who's that? Who's Kona? Oh my gosh, that's great. <laughs>
0: yeah, She always finds it kind of odd when you're doing like a video call. She's, she can't really... <laughs>
1: oh, listen to her. Oh I my know. gosh. Because
0: she's like, who's there? I can't see them. <laughs> I did one yesterday. No, like, but luckily, my, my neighbor actually uh, babysat her for, for the time wow. being. But today we're we've got her with
1: us so <laughs> oh that's all good man I love dogs I yeah she's dogs. she is
0: really she's a rescue I got her at the perfect time I got her just before this the first lockdown happened and so
1: real. so what's it like over there right now with you guys in the in the lockdown stuff or are they well, pretty much a, locking you guys down? yeah
0: we had a kind of a we're in a second lockdown now wait where are you first of all I mean I'm, in, You're I'm in, in, in Toronto
1: but like that's what I thought
0: Yeah. And like in the city. So like I I live mid mid midtown Toronto. If you, if you, if you talk to someone who's like really, really downtown, they'll say, I'm not in downtown Toronto. They'll say I'm midtown Toronto. So.
1: Okay. Um, Wow. That if I were to live in Toronto, that's where I'd want to live. Like seriously. Yeah. It's Where, it's where you live. Yeah, it's it's. I love where I live. I've actually always lived in this neighborhood. But yeah, so we're in you like know, like, a- like like in your apartment. I'd want to live in your apartment. We okay, get I totally do have amazing. a pretty sweet <laughs> pad. I do have a pretty sweet pad.
0: It's. All, I do. I do like. I got lucky. And this is all. These are all shots that I took. You can, I can't. I
1: probably too well. No, I can't. I was just about to ask you. Like, wow, uh, is that Perry Farrell behind you? No, so you that's got, not Perry Farrell. This one is this one on your. T- that's yeah, the one on the bo- bottom, bottom right. That's, uh, that's green day. Oh shit. I couldn't see him. Oh wow, dude. Yeah. You know, uh, there is a,
0: if you find, if you ever, if you find my, when I tag you in this on Instagram, there's a bunch of shots, they're all on there. So
1: like oh, that. dude, well, then I'm I'm going to have to start stalking you and sending there you, go. you weird, weird late-night DMs about what <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Don't I already I I stalked you, so it'll even out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my wife kicked me out of bed. I need someone to talk to, that there kind of go. shit, you know? There you go. That, that'd well, be in- awkward as shit, wouldn't it, Eric? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I, Eric, what'd you do last night? Well, I talked to Adam until 2 a.m. Yeah. And, well, why, I,
0: why? I'd be okay with that. At least I, someone's talking my, to me. My,
1: my wife and I, we're on the, you know... I was some trouble, so Adam and his dog—they kept me company. Adam's really, <laughs> me Adam's really getting me through this COVID time. Like, you just met <laughs> the motherfucker yesterday. I'm yeah. hang out with him. <laughs> right. hang out with him in April. I'm flying there. I'm driving there.
0: You know what? Once I did. Are you? You're in Texas, yeah? Yeah. Where? Whereabouts in Texas? I'm in a little place called Wimberley, which is like 30 minutes out of Austin. Okay so one of my one of my good friends moved to austin a few years ago and i went to visit and i went to dallas first for a few days and then i yeah. did the drive i did the drive down there but i flew yeah. back out of dallas and i left i booked Wait, like
1: you so drove what? from toronto to dallas no no, no.
0: i drove from dallas to austin yeah. so Whew, i was gonna say you well, are
1: freaking crazy no,
0: i would i would do it now i would do it now yeah. there's got all the time That's in the cool. world now but yeah so i drove from <laughs> I drove from Dallas to Austin and then back again, cause I was flying out of Dallas, but I booked like, the flight I booked was at like 6 AM. So I had to leave Austin at like one or two in the morning. And it I was by my, drive. I was by my, it's like one, it's just straight on one highway. And they, it, that was, yeah, man, it was, and it was like one, two in the morning. I literally had to, had to roll down the window, blast the music. I think I yeah. bought like a six pack of Red Bull because I was literally like slapping myself in the face trying to stay awake because you can't see anything either. It's just
1: darkness. Oh, it's darkness. There was a time when, when I would have to drive back and forth from that because I had a girlfriend that lived in, in Dallas and a girlfriend that lived in Austin. So going between <laughs> both of them, Eric, it was pretty rough. Uh, no, uh, no but, uh, but I remember one night I had a, like eight Red Bulls and I was so tired that I was throwing the Red Bull on my face yeah
0: because <laughs> like, that was just cold yeah. water
1: i had nothing but so i was like fuck it yeah uh, and i was drinking them and then using another one to pour on me yeah. to wake me up i was like was, oh, i God. would
0: never never do that again it was like
1: yeah it was yeah tough. it
0: was crazy one of the hardest vibes i've ever ever done and I remember and that, was too, like, that,
1: was was your, that was only hours, a three-hour drive. That was only three but hours, but
0: like <laughs> I remember, Whoa, too, my, like... my iPod wouldn't connect to the rental car either, so I had to listen to like whatever the radio was playing at two in the morning. Oh, like,
1: God. yeah, it was. You had a lot of Tejano and a lot of um, country, country, and, and sometimes Western. Active other... rock. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, otherwise, I'm, I'm totally taken over your interview, man. No, go ahead. Good. I'm yeah. sorry.
0: It's good, man. Those are always the best ones. Those are always the best ones when we don't even talk about what, what I wrote down. <laughs>
1: <But> <laughs> well, I'm, just, I'm just super grateful, dude. So, so no, me bad. too.
0: It's me too, want. man. And I have to like, and I'm, not, I'm not just saying this, but like uh, this interview came at a great time because I tend to go through like artist binges and I just happened to go through a Blue October binge in the fall so really yeah this kind of fell at a great time yeah man i because i feel i feel like blue october have like they have a song for every mood that you're in
1: right so True, because yeah i'm a yeah. bipolar fucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i gotta so hold on watch me change <laughs> ah! no sorry go ahead
0: so yeah i mean it was great because i mean it's always it's the songs like like uh, i hope you're happy and uh oh my my that kind of pull me into the album then i find especially when i'm at like especially moments like right now where you're locked down and i'm at home trying to at least do something creative it was kind of the more uh emotional kind of songs uh that that really kind of kept me coming back to so oh. songs like the worry list and yeah. sway that really like oh, wow. they yeah they were actually the ones that i was and i was like like emotionally moved you know i would feel it, it would put me in a, a place uh Dude, while you. i was creating you know um thank you and the song from this album that really did it and i, I do want to talk about the album as a whole but the song from yeah. this album that did it for me was was the weatherman
1: Ooh, yeah, ah, he likes the weatherman. And
0: I, because I, I, it really got that kind of feeling of it was kind of a a, a plea and an admission of of, of, of a kind of guilt that most of us would be ignorant to. And right. my, I guess my question, my question in all this is that you know when you're creating, um, do you have to like you can't just be out with the boys and be like, okay, I'm going to go to work and write a few songs now and pump out the weatherman or the worry list. I feel like you really have to be in a Emotional zone to write something like that.
1: You know, it's weird. If you would have asked me the same question nine years ago, before I stopped drinking and doing massive amounts of uh, drugs, stuff, uh, <laughs> yeah, stuff, uh, I would have said, yeah, that would have had to happen that way. But these days, I can, I can literally go into the studio at ten a.m. and stay until five p.m. every day, and I can come out with something great because it's a craft and i work with other people and i i i uh, i've i've learned that ego takes no place in songwriting it's whoever Mm -hmm. has the best lyrics and the best lines and the best melody but it's for me it's always about needing to say something and always about needing to get something out i've always been a a romantic at heart but i've always been a serial confessor also so anybody that i've ever dated has always been like oh my god He's going to be way too honest when we talk about our emotional (laughs) relationships. But I'm always like, look, blah, 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 blah. Two plus two equals four. We're equaling three. Bye. You know, so I've been very lucky to have grown up on people like uh, the Smiths, uh, Tom, Tom Waite, Peter Gabriel, uh, lyricists that just are just like blew me away. so, yeah, I could say that I could go home and if anybody said, go home right now and write a song and I want it to touch my soul, I could do it. Mm-hmm. I could do it just because I love the craft of it now these days. If you were to ask me to do it nine years ago, I'd say hell no. Mm-hmm. But the thing about the weatherman was it was on a day off in Asheville, Tennessee. Is it Tennessee? Asheville? I don't know. Asheville. Who cares? I always hate when people stop a story to expl- like I'm doing. It right oh, <laughs> my God. Um, And my bassist said, hey, let's go write something. So we went and rented this like seedy crack motel room. It was so weird, but it was raining and I was just smoking cigarettes and drinking coffee. And he said, man, this is what's up with my marriage. This is what's going on. And uh, we all go through stuff during marriages and especially people that are on the road. So he said, I want to get real honest. And I go, how honest do you want to get? And he goes, do your thing. And so it was written and it came from a really special place. Mm -hmm. I I like songs that come from a special place. If they don't come from somewhere real that might scare you to put them out or to admit to or might embarrass you a little bit, then it doesn't feel like I'm doing my job right. Right.
0: And what what I found really interesting and I didn't even know was you just, so this wasn't necessarily even about your own life. It was something you helped write for a friend.
1: So well, I hope I for a friend because it was a last kind of, um, effort on his part to go, I'm here, mm-hmm. you know, can we please do something about this before yeah. it really ends? And so I just put myself in his shoes cause I've been in marriages and <laughs> relationships. I've been with many women, many women. <laughs> I've got three one. kids that I know of. <laughs> no, I'm <joking>. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I joke when it gets funny. Uh, but yeah, so we started there, and um, and there's a lot of there's a lot of honesty in it, and I and I love to write about other people these days, mm-hmm. but be as blunt and honest because I care so much about this dude that we wrote it mm-hmm. that I wrote it about, and um, and it came out that way, and uh, and I'm just I was just um, pretty blown away that we wrote it in three hours together, just sitting right. down and going. And how did he what feel about want? it? Like he was all like how'd that just happen you and guys I was like crying just, and
0: hugging by the end of it oh
1: <laughs> man i don't cry no bitch what the fuck man i'm wearing a fake gold chain what the hell are you doing no uh uh no i ain't crying uh no uh it was one of those things where i was like just talk to me about your marriage yeah and so he started telling me and i was like come on dude don't tell me tell me what really fucking happens
0: mm-hmm. so
1: he started talking and i was just like yeah <laughs> shrinking it yeah, out like a freaking shrink you know and then i was like give me 5 minutes but he already had the chorus written the so the pictures are gone you're right i'm wrong before you leave us behind this is wrong this is right cuz right on the edge of a blue skies and i was like well i'm not changing that cuz that's brilliant yeah you know that fucking chorus fuck you man i'm jealous but yeah. i'm going to take the verses so it was it was a nice thing and as friends, we need to do that for each other, especially friends in the band. We need to be, I need to be there for them more these days because they were always there for me when I was a fucking crazy madman. So I thought that that was nice to take a whole day to... Which is, which is not the case anymore,
0: right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, now I'm like, guys, leave me alone, man. Yeah. I'm fine, dude. I'm just sitting here trying to write some fucking songs, man. <laughs> leave me alone.
0: Well, yeah. in the first verse, I noticed like you keep coming back to this idea of of we don't touch anymore, we don't talk anymore. And that 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 kind of resonated with me, not 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 like uh, relating to it, but it just I was like, wow, this is a really like something that they're feeling right now because you can right. you can kind of you can tell really.
1: Just Yeah, from- it, it it what what I was writing another song with a guy a while back and he was a dear friend of mine. He's since passed away, but, uh, and we were writing a song about how to say I'm sorry in a marriage, right. Mm-hmm. Which didn't really mean it. And it was like a brutally beautiful song and, and it was great. Uh, it's the last song I got to write with this guy before he passed away, but in the middle of it, his wife came upstairs and his wife said, let me hear it. And so I played it and I love his wife. And, and I turned around and I said, Hey, how come in marriages the spark always dies and everybody just kind of gives up. Everybody gets, you know, Oh, and then she looked at me and she said, because the spark dies, honey, that's just what happens when you're in a marriage after a while, the spark dies. And I looked at her and I said, you're fucking lazy. Mm. And then I went, (laughs) where'd that come from? Yeah. You know, but then a year later he passed away and she came up to me at the funeral and she goes, I was so fucking lazy. Like, I wish if he was here, I could take that back and live it and be romantic and go for a walk with him and kiss him under the blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. We were being so fucking lazy. And that really affected me like a lot when she said that. So when we're writing songs about relationships that really mean a lot to us, people that we've shared moments with, people that we've gone through things with, people that we've had children with. You know, it's it's important to truly not bullshit around and you might get in trouble for writing it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how his wife felt when he heard when she heard that song. Mm-hmm. I would have taken it as a he must love me. But you never know. You never know with these ladies. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, you know. I know a lot of ladies. I got three kids that I know of. I could have some in Japan. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, but I don't pay child support. That's all that matters. No, I'm joking. Sorry.
0: We, uh yeah, okay. I mean, it's Eric, one of those,
1: Eric, lift your head up. He's over there. He's like,
0: <laughs> Don't involve me in this. <laughs> Go ahead, buddy. Um Yeah. It's one of those, but it's one of those things that I, you know, you unfortunately, I guess do look back and, like we, there's a, uh, my uncle from my mom's side has the same thing. He he didn't talk to. As they got in some kind of with his brother, got in some kind of argument, and they didn't talk for years. And one of them passed away, and now it's the other one's biggest regret, you know. And so that's you know because they were it too is. too too much ego to say I'm sorry. And uh, this is you know, and it happens in every family, you know. So I think um, I think it's it's probably a great thing that you pointed out to her. Maybe she got a chance at least before he passed away to at
1: least let him know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not like, oh, Justin came up to me and gave me wise things. No, I can't live any longer because Justin said it was late. You know, it was just one of those things where it just came out of my mouth and I, it was rude of me to say mm-hmm. that. But as a writer and as I said, as a hopeless romantic and as a, as a passion searcher, uh, you yeah. know, I just, I just bit. Like I was so mad when yeah. she said that. So when I write songs about love, I I make sure I put that in there. You know. Well,
0: speaking of that, and speaking of of your three kids, there's a song on the the new album, "Fight for Love," that you did with your oldest daughter, I believe.
1: Yeah, Blue.
0: Yeah. So tell me about what that was experience was like. Was that something you always kind of wanted to do?
1: Yeah, it was something that I always wanted to do because I knew she loved singing, and I knew that she had a beautiful, beautiful voice. And I've always wanted this little high-pitched angelic voice above that chorus and mm-hmm. because it was too rock right. before that so i needed something to soften it up and something to make it delicate and golden and um and man she came in and she literally nailed it first take like out the. i mean eric and i were sitting here going are you kidding me yeah like she really nailed that And then we were like, well, since you're doing so well, why don't you go to the bridge and maybe sing this too? And then she's like, okay. And then on the outro, she's like, okay. And I mean, it maybe lasted 30 minutes and she was done. Wow. And most people, it would have been like a day tuning vocals, then a day getting the rhythm right. This was like, this is my kid. And I feel weird bragging about her, but she's good.
0: (laughs) She's real good. Do you you think that she has a future in you? Is that what she wants to do? That's what I want her to do. All right.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't matter what what she wants. She's 13. There you go. She's like, I want to be a lawyer or a doctor. I'm like, no. Well, no. You know
0: know what I I told my mom when I was a kid? I I saw someone drawing. with. I used to love to draw when I was a kid. And I saw someone doing like a chalk drawing on the street and i said mom that's what i want to do when i grow up
1: (laughs) and she's like here's some chalk sonny stay off the living room
0: yeah
1: oh my gosh that's and to work on the street you know (laughs) hey but you know what's crazy is is that you wanted to be creative when i my mom the other day pulled out my fifth grade yearbook we had a fifth grade fucking yearbook what the fuck is that like what yeah and uh And in this fifth grade yearbook, Eric and Adam, by the way, I was dancing with April. I remember April because she was in a red dress, super hot in fifth grade. (laughs) I remember remember Chris DeBerg's Lady in Red. Right, yeah. And I remember dancing with her and almost being like, I'm going to marry this girl. Like, that's how stupid, crazy I was. (laughs) Anyway, what was the point of what I was saying? Oh, yeah. My mom pulled out the fifth grade yearbook. And in the back, it says, what do you want to be when you grow up? And mine said, a writer oh there you go and i'm like drop the mic <laughs> boom boom i mean it's no chalk
0: art, it's well, that's no chalk art. I think, technically i probably could go out and be a chalk artist
1: but you can put some chalk so, art right behind you so, uh, live that dream Go live that dream, Adam. Take this Zoom outside. Let's go chalk together. I might not be able to pay for this place anymore, but that's... (laughs) dude. uh, No, you keep doing exactly what you're doing.
0: I have my chalk drawings.
1: (laughs) You keep doing exactly what you're doing. And then when we meet someday, we'll go find a nice driveway. And you and I will just chalk some shit. Oh, man, that'd be so
0: sick. You know what? Next next Blue October show, we do a mural outside the venue.
1: Come on, bro. Let's do do it. it. Let's we'll do, it do it right by the tour bus where the tour bus is parked so we can take yeah. a big picture in front of the tour bus and our mural.
0: Yeah. And the mural can be the cover of the next album.
1: <laughs> See, look at him. He's like, and now my chalk art can be the next cover of your album. There you go. Oh, God. That's it. I like him. I'm not, good at, I'm not a good enough lyricist to write my own album. So I've got to. Don't, don't you say that. That's like <laughs> me saying I can't take pictures. Well, I can't. I don't know the camera. I really don't. Anyone can take pictures, but. No, no, don't you start don't saying that. There is an eye. Well, but anyone can take pictures. Anybody can take pictures, but there are people that have an eye and yes, there are people that can take pictures and, and it takes a lot of creativity. Oh man, I've been really into, um, going into Instagram and unfollowing any people that have ego or, you know, that okay. anything that's mainly about ego, look at me, oh, look at me, flashy, you flashy. of the people on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i've been replacing my follows if i unfollow someone i have to follow someone right now and you Jeez. should do this i have to follow someone that i'm interested in their job or their career gotcha. and what they're doing so i find myself following all these film there's mm-hmm. one called cinematic film there's one called film landscapes it's one called claymation and i'm okay. it's a wormhole of like of this talent, beautiful talent, yeah. these beautiful films, how they film it, how they made it reality, how they, how they made the, the Lord of the Rings castle look real, but it was a, it was a, it was a freaking model. And I mean, it, I'm just, I don't know why I'm telling him this, Eric. I don't know why I fucking do this. You know
0: what, I, mean, I, have, I have to say yeah, one little caveat to this whole 2020 debacle has been, I think it really has brought a lot of creativity out of people and passion. You know they've been able yeah. they have time for what they're passionate about and it's uh, true,
1: Eric and I have literally probably written close to 65 seventy new ideas oh, and, and then
0: like I was looking 30. this year not only did you guys have a new album, I see you're, you have a a, a a side project that's releasing an album, another open book and we,
1: like, and we had a documentary, documentary that just came out too like uh, yeah that, that's my. If I can just keep pumping out good material, mm-hmm. I don't need to be number one. I don't need to right. be flashy, flashy boy. I've got a hot wife who loves me and doesn't <laughs> cheat on me. Hey, hey, that's an amen right there. That's a plus, Eric. <laughs> I, got three kids, I got three kids that I know of, that I know of, and, uh, and they love me, and I got a roof over my head, and I've got a studio outside with the best engineer, and you know my, mm-hmm. money yeah. can buy, and, and we're killing it. If we, if no, we were no. a hip-hop label, we would be cash money. <laughs> you don't have still to look at Dallas in the dark. It's, it's, it's perfect. We're still looking for a Drake. We it's need perfect. A Drake.
0: I we made need the, I finally car. made the investment of, uh, I'm a drummer and I finally made the investment of the virtual or the, the V drums for my condo. Oh, yeah. Cause I yeah. couldn't like my drums are over at my parents' place and we yeah. never got to play anymore. So do you, do you, do you have pro tools or anything that you can record it? I have been recording, me and actually I have a buddy who who plays guitar, he also is a music journalist and uh, we've kind of like, he's been recording the the guitar tracks from his place, I've been recording the drum tracks and we've just been picking songs. Stay creative. Yeah man, Stay
1: creative. And then there's a thing thing that I want to turn you onto since you're a drummer, I know they come with a lot of stock sounds in there, right? Mm -hmm. Check this out, there's a website called Splice. Okay. Do Do you know of it? No. Go to splice, pay a yearly, whatever it is, do a, mm-hmm. do a month at a time, 1299 a month. And you can literally take hundreds of thousands and millions and gillions of kick samples, snare samples that aren't this bullshit right. garage right. band shit. These are real fucking shit that like lo-fi recordings use that mm-hmm. like they are so fucking good when I'm not recording in here, I'm on my laptop going through splice, putting loops down, cutting the loops out, kick, stealing their kicks, stealing their snares, Mm -hmm. stealing their hi hats. So then you just put them into your V drums. And then you just, then you have, and you're like, I need a bigger snare. Oh, that one. Go to splice dude. As a drummer, you're going to fucking flip.
0: You get lost though. It's going to be like a, like you said, it's going to be a
1: rabbit hole of, it is but you can go I like lo-fi I like lo-fi kicks lo-fi kick search pound mm-hmm. you know or I like 80s uh, snares 80s snares mm-hmm. pound, it's it's really easy to organize and then when you download each one of them you ha- you can put them in a folder it's so yeah. good it's the best That's thing awesome. I've done lately
0: I bought same thing in the first lockdown I bought this practice guitar amp and it comes yeah. like it makes everything so simple it comes with a like an app for your phone and you can literally yeah. google a song and it gives you the presets for that song yep. already and people submit their own and and it's amazing man yep. what we have now you know
1: well now that you got those v drums though man if you started making beats like anybody can make beats like yeah. beats are like they're amazing i love making beats that's all we do over here when we're not recording is just making more beats it but was- go to splice you got to go you got to go take some of these kick drums but- and just put them in there and play Okay. Your guitarist will be like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> we had this doing this, we
0: added this one kid in and he was like he, it was like a friend of a friend and he saw one of our videos and he's like, "I want I want in." So he's like, "Can I solo on one of your things?" And this kid was like, "17, man." And we we're like, really? "We're not we're not even good enough to play with you." And this kid was just like ripping over our stuff and I was like, "I feel like I'm I feel like I was like amateur." <laughs> like
1: No, don't ever tell him. Just say, yeah, I don't know, man. And then when he does it, say, that was all right. It was okay. Keep practicing. Keep practicing. (laughs) Hey, perfect practice doesn't make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. That's what my dad used to say. Perfect practice makes perfect. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But Uh, now that's great.
0: I saw that you guys have a Christmas show coming up, our live stream coming up this weekend.
1: We were, but I had to cancel it. Oh, really? We're not doing that anymore. We're not doing that anymore. We had some, we had a family death, so we had to go Uh take care of that. So we weren't able to, uh, we weren't able to, to schedule it or anything like that. But what we are doing is, is releasing some Christmas music that we had that we're recording. And, you know, I'm just a Christmas fan. Look, I mean, I've got Santa Claus tattooed on my fucking arm.
0: I'm I'm a huge fan of, of, of Christmas and saying Merry Christmas. I mean, like, um, So let me ask you then, what is Justin Furstenfeld's favorite Christmas song? Do you have a favorite of all time?
1: Uh, I think that song called Tiny Bits of Comfort and Joy. Tiny Bits of Comfort and Joy. Is it not Tiny Bits of Comfort and Joy? No, I'm joking. The other (laughs) night at my wife's, well, a year ago, I always thought it was Tiny Bits of Comfort and Joy. Okay. And she's like, what are you saying? And I said, tiny bits of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. And she's like, it's tidings. <laughs> and I said, so it's not tiny bits of like, yeah. that's, that's some <laughs> fucked up shit. Like just little Reese's pieces of comfort <laughs> and joy. That's comfort. all you're getting this Here's year, you little, little depressed piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. You know? No, I'd have to say mine is Silent Night, probably. Okay. Okay. That was the yeah, same. You know, you sad. know that song
0: "Gold on Gold on the Ceiling" by the Black Keys. Oh, Remember, yeah. my my when my friend and I were on a road trip, and he was singing. I was like, "What? What are you singing?" And he's like, "Isn't it? Oh, what a feeling!" And I was like, "Oh, oh but I feel like that a
1: is, I was like, "I feel like it makes more sense." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is "Gold on the Ceiling"? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Oh my god, that's great. Yeah, I'd have to say "Silent Night" or uh, Silent Night. "Frosty the Fucking Snowman" or. Okay. Yeah,
0: I'm a that big brings... fan of the U2 rendition of "Baby Please Come Home." I think that's, that's my, good my all-time favorite. Yeah.
1: Uh that's a great. Now nah, look at you. You had to one up me. I'm that's
0: also. Great... I'm also a bit. Uh, a bit biased. Like U2 is my favorite band
1: of all time. So. Okay. Real quick question for you. Um, do we have another interview at eleven?
0: Yeah, yeah, I know. You, I know you do have a hard cut. No, off. no,
1: no. We don't. We don't. We don't. Oh, we no. We still have like 15 minutes. It's good. Uh, check it out. U2 Unchained Melody. Did you ever hear it? Yeah, sure did. Fuck, dude.
0: Okay, I have to show you... Oh, man, hold on. I'm going to try... Tell me, dude. Take me to your chalkboard. No, no. This is one of my COVID projects. It's not done yet. But in my kitchen, this was one of my... Look at that pad, bro.
1: Oh, no way. Yeah. You did that? Yeah, it's not done yet. It needs a second coat.
0: And, uh, yeah. So it's got the first... uh, it's got the first four lines of Where the Streets Have No Name.
1: And, wow. That yeah, was one of my
0: COVID projects. I was like, I need to do something with this blog. Yeah.
1: I want to run. I want to high. Have, 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 have you seen you two live? No. Oh, man. You, I've so tried to get on their tour multiple times. Man. Guess what happened? What Guess happened? what happened? They didn't do it. They did. They never They, they, they said no. They rejected you like April from Multiple. Grade five? <laughs> Multiple <laughs> fucking times, dude. <laughs> what do I gotta do? You know, what yeah. I'm saying like, what do I, do I have to? If Bono, okay, if Bono is like, listening,
0: Bono's beat? Bono is listening.
1: We got to get Blue October on the next tour. Okay, another epic fucking song from Oh, and all I want oh. is you. Cradle to the Great. Oh my god, that video! That video. Uh, did you ever see the video with the little person? The yeah. and, Oh, man. And, uh, oh, my God. It just broke my heart. I can go on and on and on about you two. They're, like, huge in my life. My, big big time. Me too. My
0: only – so now, now I have a second tattoo, but my first tattoo is also a Joshua tree on my ankle that I got done uh, in I, Yeah. And
1: the second tattoo is my face – on your back, right? Mm-hmm. I heard. No,
0: man, I didn't want to. T- I didn't want to tell you until at least three two a.m. chat sessions.
1: But oh, <laughs> when I'm when I call you because my wife kicked me out of bed again for eating crackers. Yeah, my second one oh, was Bought a couple. A couple like
0: a month and a half ago. So wow, yeah, yeah, that's awesome, dude. So you
1: got it in Dublin?
0: Yeah, the first one I got in Dublin. So if you do have a minute, actually, there's a good there's a good story behind it. I think you'll appreciate. it there's an emotional story behind it. So you two going to see you two was like a, a family event for us. So I'm an only, really? child. yeah, I'm an only child. So every time you two was in town, my parents and I would go see you two together. Wow. So, yeah. It was like, so anyways, I lost, I lost my dad in 2016 to, oh, yeah, he had congestive heart failure. And in 2017, you two did the 30th anniversary tour of the Joshua tree. And they played, wow. they played in Toronto on my mom's birthday. So, so I bought tickets. Yeah, major brownie points, bought tickets for my mom for her birthday. Dude. And it was oh like the most bittersweet experience that we've ever had because it was probably the best U2 show we've seen. Um, uh, but wow. it was the first time without my dad. And I actually, you know, you said, I, I'm saying too, I'm a man, I don't, I don't cry very often. But when they. They played. They played one, and which was my dad's favorite song. And that's I, the best I, like, song they ever wrote. They my ever face, wrote the best My face actually felt like it was on fire. I've never like. I didn't. It was. I was like in the middle of fifty thousand people, and I was like trying to hide it, but there's like tears running down my cheek.
1: And yeah, I, I, I get it. I get it. Uh, yeah, I told you that I was in town ta- uh, from for a, for a, a funeral, and that's why my father just passed away three weeks ago. Oh, man. And, uh, no, but but so I get what you're talking about because there was a point where him and I love Johnny Cash, right? Mm. And so when I was listening to Johnny Cash, and I, of course I had to sing Johnny Cash's version of Danny Boy at his funeral this last Saturday. So I'm up there going, holy shit, how am I going to do this? Yeah, You know, yeah. but then I just, you know, my Good face sense. got hot. Yeah, My face got so hot, I've like so ever,
0: hot. Felt it, that was the only time I've ever felt that feeling. Like it was, it was yeah. weird. It felt like the inside of my face, yeah. my skull was like heating up. Yeah. But he so,
1: was there with you. He, he was I there with so. you at I that. I think
0: so, man. Yeah. I, I believe that. I believe <laughs> I too. So a month later, we were going to Ireland because they wanted, some of his family are still in Ireland. And they, it was a year after he had passed and they wanted to do something, some kind of ceremony for him in Ireland. So yeah. we went back to Ireland. My parents are from Belfast, but I went to, wow. Dublin, I went to Dublin for a few days and it was like a month, it was like a month after that show. And it just came to me. I was like, I'm going to get that, I'm going to get the Joshua Tree you tattoo. Have to. So you I did have it. I walked to. into a place in, um, Temple Bar and they said, no. Yeah, I so said put one on me, and then uh, yeah. Where's so now it kind your leg? It's on my ankle. Yeah. So it kind of it reminds me. What's that? It's a good place yeah, for you your first on, tattoo. Yeah.
1: You got no? I'm saying you got it on your wall too. That's amazing. Yes, that's yeah, great. Yeah.
0: Well, the irony is that my parents hate tattoos, but anyways, I got <laughs> it to remember them. And uh, but yeah,
1: so that's awesome, dude. I think that that's a great. If there was one band that I would have to say that people should should uh respect to the fullest it would be you too oh, it man, would be I, you too hands down
0: again there's a bias because we're irish but and i grew up like that was when my family this what we listened to at home but yeah. but also they're just an incredible incredible band you know
1: yeah and- you too oh god man you too they're just you can't deny them if you listen to Boy, and then you listen to War, and then you listen to freaking. Oh God, what was the one of? Uh, oh God, is such Act a great baby,
0: Actung baby. No, of
1: course, Acton baby. I'm talking yeah. about the one, the fire, unforgettable oh, fire, unforgettable fire. Yeah, what? The F? Yeah, what? And then Joshua the Tree is an acton. Octung- then lemon then we can go on forever
0: and, and speaking of uh i fire name of uh in the name of love is like one of the best live live tunes um it is it is actually you remember you-
1: that one you do you remember I- that one that goes wake up wake up dead, wake man. Up dead man oh yeah oh so eerie man yeah it's like
0: there's a great um forget which tour it is but there's like a live dvd and that's yeah. like kind of the odd song out, but it's just like so raw. And wow. it's like, yeah, it seems like, cause they're doing, it's like all greatest hits on the DVD. And then in there is like, wake up dead man right in the middle. And you're like, oh. I love that. Yeah. That's one of the best songs.
1: Yeah. That was, was that
0: from unforgettable fire as well?
1: No, no, that yeah, was like from uh,
0: pop was or, from, or something.
1: It was, it was Zuropa or, or yeah. lemon. One of those two. Yeah. One of their like kind of
0: odd albums. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but those were good. Remember that song? Remember that green light, 7-Eleven? You stop in for a pack of cigarettes. You don't smoke, don't even want to. Hey, now, check your change. Uh, Dressed up like a car crash. Your lips are turning, but you're upside down. And when he hits you, you will mine. Because when he hurts you, you feel fine. He goes, wish I could stay when the night would get you up. I mean, come on. I got chills. Uh, Look at got, that. Yeah. Far away, so close, right? Oh, so yeah. good. When uh, he goes, you don't even smoke. My, don't even want to. Ugh. Yeah.
0: My uh, man, Justin, my respect level just went way up for you, too way more up well
1: you know i got three kids that you know,
0: know you about. should check actually speaking of kids check out there's a band called inhaler and it's yeah, Bono. okay. bono's son is the lead singer no way and they're the first day they came up on a spotify playlist and i was yeah. like this band's i didn't know i had no idea who they were and i was like why does this sound so much like you two so much like like old you two like uh yeah like and uh and it, I looked, sure, and I looked it up, and it's uh, Elijah Houston is the lead singer. And uh, wow. I met him last year. and They're opening for a band here. They're playing like a gritty club here in Toronto, opening for a wow. band. And uh, yeah, it was cool. It was really cool. And they're. they're you meet her again,
1: you tell him. You tell him that his dad needs to put Blue October on the damn tour. <laughs> I, <mean, please.
0: laughs> I should have next time. Next time, I next time. Next next time, time. I, that's it, man. Yeah. Uh, well man, I I, I know that uh, I think I'm taking up too much of your time. But dude,
1: that's okay. I'm fine being late on the next one. I just wanted okay. to say thank you though. I do have to go now, but uh but dude, if you ever need anything from me, if you ever need to do another interview, or if you ever need, you know, uh, to come to the show, or if you ever want to do anything, just holler well, at me. You've got next to- time you oh. know what?
0: <laughs> I think last time Blue October same same time, last time Blue October were here, I was I think out of the country. And so uh, I've never, I've never that seen. Again. Guys you just live. can't do
1: that again. That's I know it's not allowed anymore. I've
0: seen you guys live, shit. so next time you are here in Toronto, um, yeah. I will 100 percent be there and drawing, drawing chalk drawings outside. Yeah. The- yeah.
1: Could you imagine, Eric, like his girlfriend or fiance, or one day is like, we're going to Sweden to get married. He's like, well, we can't, we can't, man, we can't, we can't to babe. and we have to do chalk <laughs> art. <show laughs> <guard. laughs> I, I promised this.
0: A promise. I made Justin a promise. I, I was going to do him a chalk drawing outside
1: the venue. That's right. That's right. <laughs> all right, dude. Day. All right, Justin, yeah. man. We'll see you in Toronto next time then. All right, man. You take all care right. and keep doing those beautiful pictures behind you. All right. Thanks, buddy. See all right. Next. Peace. Peace out. <laughs> awesome. He's a nice guy.